It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Sue Lee, an attorney at the law firm of Malcolm Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Jesus Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to MalkBaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or call 312-726-1243. In the past decade or so, social media has played a crucial role in shaping our society, unfortunately, often in a negative way. How can churches, ministries, and other organizations use their online presence to spread the gospel? Today, I'll be speaking with Tom Sisolka, the founder and president of TC Public Relations, a company that specializes in crisis communications, media relations, and social media strategy for churches, ministries, lawyers, and nonprofit organizations. Tom, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you, Sue. All right. Um, let's, let's jump right in. Um, why is online presence so important for businesses these days? Well, I think I'll start with Proverbs, because that ancient wisdom gives us an answer to today's communications dilemmas. And, that, and Proverbs 21 one says, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed, is, uh, it is better than silver or gold. And I think that holds true because essentially when you're talking about um, why is it important, um, uh, your reputation, your name is really your most valuable asset regardless of what you do. And I think the second thing that uh, I could tie in with that is uh, if you are a business, a church, a ministry, or particularly any public organization, you probably have an online presence even if you've done nothing. And uh, because of that, because there's so many things that are created about you with, with without your knowledge, uh, those are things that can impact you. Let me just give you some statistics uh, from, recent, from the last year that I've come across uh, in monitoring uh, what goes on online. Uh, 86% of consumers read reviews for local businesses. So think about it. We know that the majority of consumers are going to be looking at your Yelp review, your Facebook reviews, uh, Google reviews. So 86%. Okay. Uh, second point, consumers read an average of 10 online reviews uh, before feeling able they can trust a business. So whether it's a business or a church, the bottom line is they're going to read a number of reviews. So if you don't have any or if you only had a, have a few and they're negative, that's not going to be good. Uh, another uh, statistic uh, from uh, uh, that came out recently was 91% of 18 to 34-year-olds consumers trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations. You know, the adage used to be, you know, what's the best way to get new business? Uh, word of mouth. Well, the fact is, you know, you know, now it's, you know, word of the online reviews or your online reputation that affects whether people are going to trust you or not. Yeah, that has been my experience as well, because uh, today's clients, they kind of actively seek out information before they even come to our door. Mm -hmm. So they, by the time they did call you, they already vetted their choices. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so now let's talk about a little bit more about what do we mean by online presence and what forms can it take? Well, it, it, that's such a broad topic because um, in these days, it seems that every time you think you've nailed down where you want to be online, something else pops up. 
so for example, um, what I, I like to think about is, you know, where do you want to be where you think you're going to get your best return on investment? Or I think more importantly, R-O-I-T, return on invested time. So for example, whether we're talking about Facebook or Twitter or, or uh, LinkedIn or Instagram or Pinterest, whatever the, the channel we're talking about or the uh, online media, uh, the, the important thing to remember is if you're going to be engaged in it, you're going to be spending time. So when you say, you know, you know, you know, wh where should you be or what forms can it take or what's best for your business, you have to think about the end in mind. You know, uh, where do you think your, your audience is? Uh, where, uh, for example, if you're in a competitive business, uh, you're going to look at maybe perhaps where your competitors are doing well with a lot of engagement, you know, whether it's uh, Twitter or Facebook. And again, all those channels have a different purpose as far as what you communicate. So um, we talk about online presence being so important. And I like to specifically talk about online presence being important for churches and ministries as well. Mm -hmm. um, is online presence necessary for churches and ministries too? Yeah. Well, I think if you look at some of the statistics, you know, the, the people going to church are the millennials, the 18 to 34-year-olds and younger, of course. Um, so, yes, uh, I, I think it's important to remember churches would fall into the category of nonprofit. And, and people think, oh, nonprofit, this is a place you just give money to. It's a charity. Uh, it's not as important as a for-profit business. But people have to remember that churchgoers are consumers as anyone who would be going to a mall to buy a pair of shoes. Of course, you're talking about buying spiritual content. Uh, and when you look today, and for example, uh, most churches are now streaming, whether it's on Facebook or whether they have a live feed you know, through their website. So yes, so the online presence is absolutely uh, critical because the bottom line is if we're talking about church growth, it's not going to be through any necessarily through a direct mail campaign. It's going to be through you know outreach and people searching online for where they might want to connect spiritually. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I am Sue Lee of the law firm Malcolm Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MalcBaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, I've been speaking with public relations specialist Tom Sisoka about online presence and how best to manage online presence to serve our clients. Um, so we just talked about online presence um, being very important, necessary for churches and ministries, too. So I want to follow up on that. So what kind of things can and should they use social media for? Well, I would say there's, there, there's a, a, some practical things and there's some um, uh, things that kind of come up or that you may not want to think about. You know, I would say, you know, one of the most important things is certainly to support your events. You know, so whether it's, uh, you know, LinkedIn or, or Facebook and you, you're going to have an event, you're going to have a, a party, an open house. You know, that's a great place, you know, just to, to get out there and find new folks. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is that um, let's just talk about the events issue. Uh, if people don't necessarily know you, uh, your church website, or your Facebook um, a page, uh, there's often hyper-local media. So, for example, in Chicago, there's a, a network called uh, Nextdoor, uh, which is essentially neighborhoods. So uh, churches where I live on the northwest side of Chicago, many times they take their information 
plug it into that social media in order to tell people about an event they're having that they want to invite the community. So you have to remember, as much as you might have a great uh, social media site uh, or, or Facebook page, uh, you have to tap into other places. Uh, secondly, another great way uh, it can help is um, what you can use it for is to show behind the scenes that you really can't show uh, in real life. What does that mean? You know, a lot of times, you know, I, I have to tell you, when I go to church, uh, we still, <clears throat> I go to Moody Church, and they still, when they have communion, they still actually take the little cups and they fill them with uh, little pieces of cracker and, uh, well, obviously grape juice. <laughs> and apparently there's some machine that when they, they line up, you know, dozens of these little little cups and they pull a lever and it fills them with, with the, the grape juice. Now, the funny, in my mind, I would think, you know, you're not going to see that. You go to church uh, for communion Sunday whenever you have that. And that would be something you kind of say, did you ever wonder how a thousand people get their communion on Sunday? Well, let's show you. And then you have this assembly line. So now you essentially have a factory line of, of preparing communion. So those are the kind of things that it's not going to be necessarily a, a sermon or an announcement or you know a recording of an event. It's kind of a behind the scenes look that you really can't see when you're in the church. Mm -hmm. So these types of reaching out to communities and clients, um, we share information, we share events and things like that. Um, but it has to be interactive, though, right? It has. Uh, what do you think about that? What's the best way to engage um, people's participation in online world? Sure. Well, there's, there's two things. First of all, most platforms will have some sort of built-in analytics. And the great thing about that is you can know which content is resonating with your audience. Now, again, we have to remember, particularly when you're dealing with a business or an organizational page, what does Facebook want? They want you to pay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, But you can still get some idea of what people are resonating with. I remember working with a nonprofit client uh, who did a lot of uh, pro bono uh, legal work for people who just needed help who couldn't, uh, and they were coming up with a big court case. We found that if we opened our uh, Facebook post with Please pray for our attorneys who will be in Cook County uh, Court today fighting for the rights of whatever the, the client would be. We actually found we got a better response as opposed to today we're going to be in court fighting for this client. Just by adding the word pray, actually, we can see our, our, our numbers go up. And that we learned through you know Facebook Insights. So, and same thing with LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn has analytics. Uh, a lot of times people are publishing articles. I know myself when I write articles about, you know, uh, fake news or how the church should react to uh, tragedies and things like that. I can actually see which ones are being read or shared or, or, or liked and the ones that aren't. And that obviously gives me an idea of what my audience likes and I might adjust my content accordingly. So we're talking about online presence and our online reputation. Mm -hmm. um, and how do what what do you think about people leaving comments online, a website, or blog, or Facebook, or LinkedIn? And how do you deal with negative comments? Wow, that that is a question <laughs> that is very very important. And I would say you know there's probably a few things to keep in mind. You know, and and let you know looking at scripture, um, um, James one nineteen tells us. Um, uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And I think that ties in exactly with responding to online comments. So I would say there's a there's a, a few steps you could take. First of all, if there's something that's really wrong, you need to apologize. Because when someone's hot under the collar, you want to acknowledge what they're angry about. And then you, you could say, I'm sorry about the bad experience you had. Uh, and uh, what I'd like to do is, I know when we come back after the break, I can tell you more about that and some other steps to take with negative comments. 
Okay, coming up, we'll talk further with Tom Sisoka of TC Public Relations about how organizations, churches, and ministries can use their online presence as a tool for the gospel and their business. I'm Sue Lee, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Malkin Baker is nationally known for representing churches and religious institutions and is providing you with a free resource to help your church stay protected under the law. This church legal checklist is designed to help your church identify and assess general risks under Illinois law and is revised yearly to keep your church up to date. Go to malkbaker.com slash church legal to download your free copy of this easy to fill out 21 section resource that your church can review at monthly board meetings. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Sue Lee, an attorney at Malcolm Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, we've been speaking with Tom Sisoka of TC Public Relations, and we've been just talking about how to respond to negative comments online. Tom? Yeah, we just talked about how you have to acknowledge, you know, what, what is bothering the person. Then the second thing is, I'm going to make a general assumption here, and that is, is that your organization doesn't do a lot of bad things all the time. If it does, then you have a different problem. Now we're talking about crisis communications, which I think we've talked about. We'll talk about another time. But assuming this is an anomaly, it's just kind of just unusual that this happened. I would say after you acknowledge that, you can say, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your bad experience when you came to the door and it was a customer service issue or you came to the church and you didn't feel welcomed. Um, actually, we actually have a wonderful uh, uh, welcoming committee at our church. We have a wonderful customer service training that we do to make everyone feel welcome. So uh, we have this in place so that everybody who comes in feels special and, and wants to be at our church. So it's sort of saying, you know, we're, we're kind of acknowledging, yes, this bad thing might have happened to you, but at the same time, that's really not the way we're set up. And we're actually set up to do, you know, very good things. I would say the third thing is you don't want to get into this battle that everybody's going to watch online with you fighting with each other, <laughs> even if you're doing it in love. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to have that love, have it offline. So a lot of times you have to give them the name of maybe a specific person. Maybe if you just want to give them a first name, you know, you can call certainly call Bob or Sally or Sue or Harry at the church. Or why don't you call our customer service manager at this number and put that in the in the post. We definitely want to address, you know, address this issue uh, to try to get it off. You know, so you don't get that kind of sometimes could even a trolling situation, you know, if someone just wants to be negative. And then the, the final thing is, you know, to keep it, you know, keep it short, simple to the point. Because otherwise, you know, there's another proverb, I can't think exactly, you know, like in the multitude of words, you're sort of like covering something up. So if you feel that you have to keep going on and we do all these great things and I don't know why you're offended and, you know, things like that, people are going to say, well, you know, you're being defensive. And if you come across as defensive, then people are going to say, maybe you do have something to, you know, something to hide. And actually, this is kind of a more of a, a search engine tip, if you will, uh, when possible, uh, uh, try not to uh, repeat your, the name of your organization too much <laughs> for search purposes. And then uh, secondly, not to repeat the offense too much, you know, because, you know, there was a, there's a, f a famous example uh, back when uh, Richard Nixon was um, uh, going through the impeachment process. Um, and, uh, you know, he said, I am not a crook. 
And that didn't really play well because he's, he just admitted something indirectly by saying, I am not. It would be better to say, I've done everything to do what's right for the American people. Um, so that's a classic example of where you don't want to repeat something negative that's going to uh, add to it. What if um, some of the comments that people left online is really not true mm-hmm. or if it was a big misunderstanding? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with those situations to correct? Yeah, you- when you have an extreme case, you know, where you think it's liable or, or malicious comments, it's just totally not right. Uh, obviously, in some cases, you can shut down that, that stream if you want, if you can. Okay. Uh, the other issue is if you can't, you know, for example, places like Yelp. It's a tough one because, uh, you know, you're, obviously your first step would be if somebody, you know, so let's say we're talking about a business and someone gives you kind of trashes your, your organization or business at, at a Yelp review, you can certainly follow what, I, what we just talked about as far as responding. And if they just keep it going or they don't reverse it, uh, I, I have seen instances where uh, people have actually turned around that once they talk to the person offline, you know, on the phone or something, they actually go back and, and update that. But if it's really bad and it's an outright lie and you can see it's just someone who's trying to ruin your organization, then you have to see, does it violate the guidelines of that particular platform? I mean, all these places, whether it's Yelp or, or Facebook or Twitter, they have community guidelines. And if that's the case, you know, then you have to you know go and follow their protocol for making a complaint. Hopefully, if it's very objective that they've you know, have done that, then, you know, the, the platform will remove the comment. Uh, if they haven't, then you maybe have to go back to at least setting the record straight and then just letting it go. Because part of what you want to do, uh, we haven't talked about positive comments, is obviously you certainly want those to outweigh the, you know, uh, the negative, even the, the and, and besides, most people sort of uh, hurt themselves when they go off that deep end, because it's just so far out there that, you know, people realize they, they got an ax to grind that's not justified. So now I want to turn uh, our topic a little bit um, more about how we how this online presence can help a small business, a church, or ministry. So this is from my personal experience. So when I first started uh, practicing law, I was a just a litigator. I litigated. I didn't do any transactional work. Um, but in uh, like four or five years into my practice, I began developing my transactional um, practice. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to rebrand kind of my uh, myself as a transactional lawyer. So I thought a lot about how I can use my online presence to rebrand myself and my practice. So Tom, did you see some of these type of uh, situations for a small business or a a church expanding to serve their communities and things like that? Online presence is a tool to reach out to people and also by talking themselves in a way that they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, for example, uh, you, 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 when, you, when you talked about transactional work, I mean, usually when we think of litigation, we think of, wow, you know, just charging into the courtroom and, 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 and getting the jury to f- go on the side of your client and, you know, getting this amazing verdict for, you know, $20 million lawsuit against, you know, some hospital or whatever it is. And then when you get to transactional, many times, you're, you can sometimes be coming one of many, depending upon what kind of transaction you're doing. So, for example, if you're a real estate attorney or if you're doing, you know, let's say, wills and trust, that's very transactional. And, and quite frankly, you go to any neighborhood in Chicago, you're probably going to see a storefront attorney that's going to offer the type of service. So in that case, that type of business, you know, m- my recommendation would be is, you know, to stay local. 
you know, so what does that mean? Uh, that would mean getting involved, number one, with your local uh, chamber of commerce. Two, that chamber of commerce probably has a, a website and or social media presence if they're trying to be, you know, contemporary and, and staying current. Um, uh, three, uh, provide uh, useful information that uh, fits uh, the, the, your expertise with the community you're in. You know, so for example, um, you know, uh, I remember uh, working with uh, an attorney, um, I won't say his last name, but he happens to be very active in the Chinese community in Chinatown. So what he does is he gets his expertise about how things would affect maybe perhaps immigrants coming from China as opposed to other countries, you know, in the social media, through the Chamber of the Commerce, through the, you know, the, the, the Chinese welfare organizations. And that's one of the ways that he does it, as opposed to just being a generic, I can help you with, let's say, immigration issues. Rather, you are from China, you live in the city of Chicago, in the Chinatown area. Here's some things you need to know about what's available, you know, to help you. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Sue Lee of Malcolm Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MarkBaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, I've been speaking with public relations specialist Tom Sisoka about online presence as a tool for business, churches, and ministries. So, Tom, we just talked about um, how being local or trying to tailor a message to local communities will help get our message out. So when you think about it, it's a little bit counterintuitive because when we're talking about social media, internet, we're talking about being global. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about when we do it in order to do it effectively, we're talking about getting local. Mm -hmm. So um, what, so with that in mind, um, I want to talk, I want to ask you about what platform is the most effective for the purposes we've discussed. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can break this question into uh, churches and ministries mm -hmm. and then small business. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, I would say, you know, for churches, what, what I have found is uh, they usually have some really great, and I'll say relatively speaking, uh, you know, s s a digital natives that live in this space. And what I would encourage the churches to do is to look at whatever their content is and then to decide how that content can be broken up for each of the platforms. So for example, uh, we know that if a if a pastor uh, gives a really powerful 30-minute sermon on, uh, let's say, uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day, uh, et cetera, or some topic, that, that, that they're taking that content and one, they're probably putting it on their website, you know, the full 30-minute sermon. Two, uh, they're going to um, uh, break down the comment uh, into maybe a one-minute segment, you know, for Facebook. Three, they might have a meme with a great quote from that that they're going to put on Twitter. And four, uh, you know, it might be something they would put on um, as, as make it into an article that could be published as an article on on LinkedIn. Okay, um, Tom, thank you for speaking with us today. Um, how can people learn more about your company? Well, absolutely. Thank you for asking. Uh, we are usually engaged uh, to help with media relations, uh, social media strategy, and crisis communications. And you can reach us at tcpr.net. So that's like topcatpublicrelations.net, tcpr.net. Thanks, Tom. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malcolm Baker. You can reach us at 
3127261243 that was 3127261243 or at markbaker.com that's m a u c k b a k e r.com visit our website to subscribe to our religious liberty newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention lawyers for jesus for a free consultation thanks for listening I'm Suli, attorney at Malcolm Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.